start to slowly fall down his face. Each breath is shown through the cold air that surrounds him. He has come close to a threat that can take his life. And as this tense moment seems to last forever, the lion breaks eye contact and turns to walk down in a pit to escape the elements. At that moment, the man contemplates, what just happened? Man, that was terrifying. I saw a lion, and more importantly, the lion saw me. This is going to be a great story to tell my buddies. But then, almost as soon as he has that thought, he starts to think about what the next person will have to encounter with the lion. Maybe it would be somebody he knew. Maybe a colleague. Maybe a friend. Or a family member. He then realizes that he can't leave this problem for somebody else. He has to do something about this potential devastating issue. And we will pick up in 1 Chronicles 11, 22, 23 to find out what he did. Benaniah was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian, a man of great height, five cubits tall. In the Egyptian's hand, there was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff, wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, did and won a name among the three mighty men. Now this man's name was Benaniah. Benaniah's name means God built or built by God. In 1 Chronicles 11, we start to see the breakdown of David's mighty men. And based on what we've read and everything that Benaniah accomplished, we found, find out later that he's put in charge of King David's personal guard. Now, what about Benaniah can we learn from this passage? Well, first, he was the son of Jehoiada, a valiant man. He learned how to carry himself based on the godly example that was placed in his life. God will place certain people in your life. The people that are in this life are there for a reason. They're there for a season and some for a lifetime. And the Lord will help you figure out the time frame of all those. Benaniah's dad impacted his life. The example that was set before him gave him confidence to do the right thing, even when the circumstances made it almost impossible. As we look back in this passage, we see that he fought and defeated two lion-like men or champion fighters of Moab. This test was brought before him, and when he was victorious, it helped his confidence and his faith increase. Now, no longer is it lion-like men that he has to face, but God brings him his next test, an actual lion. Now, not only that, but the worst of circumstances to defeat this lion. He has to go down in a pit into the lion's den and face off with the lion in the midst of snowy circumstances. Now, I'm sure he didn't have the latest and greatest boots on to make sure he had stability. But nevertheless, he went in and killed the lion. 
Now, similarly, God will allow us to go through tests because it may bring to our attention what lies dormant in our lives and our walk with God for the good and the bad. It's not until we recognize there is a problem like our attitude. It may not reflect Christ or maybe we have a hidden anger or jealousy. Whatever it may be, the test we encounter brings that issue to the forefront. We can brush it off and not deal with it, but it will always be there and most likely be something the next generation deals with. Because they look to us to set a positive example. But unfortunately, they pick up on the negative ones as well. So when, in God's mercy, he brings tests in our life to show us our flaws... We need to be thankful and plead his blood over them and seek his word and the trusted people in our lives to overcome them. Now we're going to pick up on a third test Benaniah faced and see how his confidence and his faith would increase. After the lion-like men and the lion, he faces a giant that was seven feet tall, five inches, and who had a spear like a weaver's beam. He comes to the battle with a staff and manages to get the Egyptian spear away from him to kill him with his own weapon. Now, as I was reading this passage through my Bible plan, I started to see a pattern of three. Now, let me tell you something about myself. My favorite number is three. My birthday has a three in it. My favorite basketball player of all time, Allen Iverson, wore the number three. When I played basketball, I wore 33. Okay? If I go to a curbside restaurant or I go to pick up groceries, what spot do you think I'm going to park in if it's open? The third spot. Okay? <laughs> now, not in a superstitious way. I just really like the number three. So when I was looking at this, I saw a pattern, and I had to find out what the Lord had to say about the number three. Okay? The number three biblically represents divine wholeness, completeness, completeness and perfection. If there ever is a desire to highlight an idea, a thought, or an event of a noteworthy figure in the Bible for their prominence, the number three was used to put a divine stamp of completion or fulfillment on that subject. So that got me thinking about other people in the Bible with their own set of three tests. And I began easy to think of David. He had his own tests. So I'm going to have you guys turn to 1 Samuel 17. And we'll, we'll, we're going to power through this real quick. I got a bunch of scriptures here, but I'm going to try and get through as fast as I can. All right, starting in verse 4, it says, And there went out a champion of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to settle your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. 
But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So while all this is going on between the Philistines and Israel's army, David is tasked by his father Jesse to bring some food to his brothers who are fighting in the army. And as he's there, he hears the Philistines shouting from the valley in verse 23. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath, by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Now Goliath had done this for 40 days and 40 nights. Word gets back to King Saul that David wants to face Goliath. And this is what David tells the king after he's doubted and told every reason why he can't defeat Goliath. Verse 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. So David had no choice but to trust the Lord while he's fighting the lion and the bear. There's no one else there to help him defeat these animals. Just like that, there will be times in our lives where the Lord will isolate you so that you recognize that you must depend on him. Remember this. What we master in the private, we will be authorized to perform in the public. Okay? Skipping down to verse 41. This is when Goliath starts trash-talking David. 41. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog? that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, 
And I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into our hands. Now, many times the world will try to label you. Maybe you're too old. Maybe you're too young. Inexperienced. Maybe you don't have the right name. Maybe you have a riddled past. Okay? When this happens, we can look to David's example. The Philistines and even David's own people tried to tell him all the things he couldn't do or he couldn't be. Instead, he relied on the identity he found in his relationship with God. He took the lies from the enemy and turned them right around on him. Everything Goliath said, he turned it right back and said, the Lord's going to do that to you. Right? Now, this past Sunday, we had our hyphen Bible study. And we were studying Ephesians 1, where we were highlighting our identity. Okay? Throughout the chapter, we are called blessed, chosen, adopted, redeemed. We are united, promised an inheritance, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. After we studied that, we followed up with an exercise to compare how God sees us versus how the world views us and how we even view ourselves. The same way Goliath and Saul tried to label David is the same way the world will try and label us to put us in a certain mold. But we must see ourselves as God sees us. Our true identity can only be found in him. Without a shadow of a doubt, in this moment, David knew who he was. I'm going to pick up in verse 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk in his forehead and fell upon and he fell upon the face of the earth so david prevailed over the philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the philistine and slew him but there was no sword in the hand of david therefore david ran stood upon the philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. Until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Shadrim, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his armor in his tent. So let's recap. David faced and killed a lion and a bear. He defeats Goliath in the name of the Lord. So his confidence and his faith 
and God are very high. But we can't overlook verse 54. Now, when I read this before, every time, I just thought, okay, David took Goliath's head and put it in the city, Jerusalem. That's where the kingdom is. But that's not true. In this time frame, Jerusalem was under the control of the Jebusites. Okay? So David is literally taking the head of his latest victory and bringing it right to the doorstep of his future foe. Now, I believe we need to do the same thing in our lives. We need to be that bold. God made a way for me here, and I know he's going to make a way down the road because he is faithful. Now, when the enemy comes to condemn and tear us down, we need to show the past victories the Lord has brought us through. Okay? I went through this test, and I thought it was going to take me out. But God. Right? Thank you, Jesus. Now, your faith will be increased. And you will see another victory come to pass after that. The third thing David faced was being on the run from Saul. Now, even though he was anointed king, he was tempted twice to kill Saul and take the throne. Now, once he snuck up on King Saul while he was taking a nap, he was sleeping. And the other time, he literally caught him with his pants down. He was going to the bathroom. But he didn't touch the Lord's anointed and he allowed God to take care of the situation. Now, when I thought about that, I immediately went back to Abraham and Sarah. They have a promise. Okay. And through time, it's not coming about. So they say, you know what? Oh, here's Hagar. Let's make this happen. Right. They, they go about it their own way. Okay. And as some of you guys know, I shared my testimony uh, about a year or so ago. I just wanted to highlight it real quick because this was the test that I was facing. Okay, when I had lost my job, I was doing everything in my power, my ability, everything that I could think of to to make the situation better. Okay, but it wasn't until I said, God, you're going to have to do it. And then everything worked out far beyond what I could even have done or thought myself. Okay? Now, sometimes we get restless with timing. But God's not worried about our timing. He's worried about the expected end. He knows exactly what needs to happen and exactly when it needs to happen for everything to work out for the best. So David passes this test. He becomes the second king of Israel. Now, there will be tests that come our way. And the whole point is to try our values. But God will take care of it. He knows exactly what to do. Now, another story I find fascinating is the life of Joseph. I'm just going to give a quick recap of of his life and the three tests and progressions he had. First, Joseph... He sold into slavery his brothers, by his brothers and is purchased by Potiphar, 
where he excels to the point that he is in charge of his house. The only person higher than him is Potiphar himself. Now this will be a theme that continues. After Potiphar's wife lies on him, he's sent to prison, where he happens to be a model prisoner, and the warden ends up putting him in charge of running the prison. After that, he interprets dreams of two other prisoners, and then eventually he's able to interpret Pharaoh's dream, in which case Pharaoh elevates him to number two of all Egypt. See the theme there? Now, he was able to save the nation of Israel because he stuck to his values, even if it meant prison. Each step of the way chipped away at at the bitterness and the hatred he might have had for his brothers. By the time he sees his brothers again, he can confidently say, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Now, as we can see in Joseph, Joseph's case here, God will show you the end of a promise or a dream. But he does withhold the path it takes to get there. Because if we knew what we had to go through to get to that end, we probably wouldn't step on that path. It'd be something that we'd be terrified of. So I just want to give one more example of uh, threes here, and it's Jesus being tempted. In Matthew 4, 4 through 11. Then was, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And we, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God... Command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And if their hands in the, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Now, Jesus was tempted with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He overcame the devil by speaking the word of God. And that's exactly why it's so important for us to know the Bible. This is one of the ways that God chooses to speak to us. 
Now, sometimes we look at the things of God, the things that God allows us to face, and it can seem daunting. But it's always for our good. The situ- that situation could help bring forth talents, giftings, and abilities you never knew you had. Maybe he sees a leader in you and is preparing you for the days ahead. Or maybe it's his grace. And he's helping to work out the things in our lives that he needs to get rid of and refine so we can be more like him. I've heard it said, and I've said it plenty of times, everybody wants a testimony, but nobody wants the test. Our flesh doesn't like to be tested, but we're better for it. And we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I just want to highlight this real quick. We already know that David and Benaiah killed giants. But David had other mighty men that followed his lead. And they killed giants as well. Abishai killed a son of giants. Sibekai killed another one of the son of giants. Elhanan killed the brother of Goliath. Now David overcame the tests, and he was able to show others the way they could achieve that as well. So when you overcome, that means you have dominion over that area. You are able to edify and help others through similar trials. You may, you may have dominion over something that I have yet to overcome. But when we pray together and agree in the spirit, we start taking more territory in the name of the Lord. You can come up, Andrea. I ain't got much more. Uh, Just to add with that, Deuteronomy 32.30. How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? Now, when these tests come, and they will, embrace them. Because they're either working something in you or they're working something out of you. Now, God is concerned with what lies beneath. Have confidence in the Lord. Pray. Fast. Read his word. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Let praise continually be on your lips. As James said, count it all joy. If we do all these things, we will continue to progress. And we will reach our schools. We'll reach our neighborhoods. We'll reach this city. We can reach this state and ultimately the nation. And it'll all be for God's glory. If we could all stand. If you could do me a favor, close your eyes, lift your hands.
Just thank the Lord for everything he has already done in your life and your walk with him. And praise him for everything he will do in the future.